Good evening. How are you now? How how was I before? It's an East Coast thing. How are you now? How are you now? You never heard that? No. And you've traveled all across this fine nation. I have, and I have been to the East Coast, but uh, no, I'm I'm just fine. Thank you. Excellent. I'm just looking at Apple's iTunes 12 beta. Yeah, I saw that too. I thought maybe we should talk about it, but my God, the minutia would just drive people insane. Yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta investigate it a little bit more. I think it's a Gizmodo that has a, a good write-up of of the changes, and they're largely cosmetic. Yeah, well, app, you know, iTunes is big and bloated and stupid and needs work. It almost needs to be disassembled. It, it, it does. There's, there's just too much going on. It's too complicated. It's too bulky. It has too many features that nobody uses. What I want is a dedicated music player and then maybe a media center for something else. But it's it's too much for, for what what I use it for. Excuse me. I have to... Oh, it, how, how many 150 milliliter bottles of soju did you buy? It was a six pack. I think it was $4. <laughs> so this is the second last one. Oh, hang, hang on. Six pack for four dollars. Is that four dollars each or four dollars for the six pack? No, four dollars for the six pack. Wow. No, no, no. I'm telling you, soju is 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 one of the uh, the most vile, cheap concoctions. That one of the cheapest drunks on the planet. There's a there's there's a, a, a like a one hour old rum that you can get in in Haiti. That's that's close, but uh, in terms of first world stuff, it doesn't get any weirder than this. I'm trying a new Polish-based vodka for my dirty martinis. Yeah. Again with the hate on for the dirty martini. Uh, no, that was me taking a sip of soju. <laughs> <laughs> From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. The rise of the robots, why I won't let a Roomba into the house, and why 40 bucks for an Android car parking machine is 40 bucks too much. The mathematics behind concert porta-potties will tell you how to find the cleanest using science. Dave Grohl is still fighting foo. We'll tell you about the new album coming in November and the crowdsource concert, too. Plus, a GNB update on the future of this podcast and the secret history of Alan's return to CFNY. Or 102.1 The Edge. Take your pick. <laughs> and now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. All right, so what's the deal? Okay, I guess we have to talk about me. It's all about you. Let's back up uh, about three years. I wanted love. I needed love. Most of all. After almost 25 years at Chorus Entertainment and all the things that came before it, specifically my involvement with CFNY The Edge, I was working in a capacity with the online division uh, in 2011. And that online division was disassembled. It was brought to an end. That meant my position disappeared. I was offered something else I didn't like what I was being offered. I felt it was not only just a lateral move, but a move down. 
So we negotiated an out, and after 24 years and nine months, uh, I was I was searching for work. I managed to build my own business over the next three years. Hey, hang on, let, let's back up. When you left Chorus and the show that you built from the ground up, the ongoing history of new music, you couldn't take that show with you to wherever you went. And no, that was a, a huge crushing blow as far as your fans were concerned, myself included. Okay, here's what happened. When that show originated in 1993, I was an independent contractor working for what came before Chorus. And there was some ambiguity discovered by the lawyers when Chorus was incorporated that, you know, who owned this material? So there was a discussion. This would be about 2004. There was a discussion and uh, a payout to me uh, that settled once and for all and legally that I was creating work for hire uh, work. In other words, you were paying me to give you to deliver a certain product. Once I delivered that product, it belonged to the company. So even though you came up with the idea, you did all of the research, you put it all together. No, no, no. I, didn't, I did not come up with the idea. Let's, let's be clear about that. The ongoing history of new music wasn't your idea? It was not my idea. In fact, it was assigned to me. See, this is the second time that I have been rehired by Chorus. <laughs> it's a small business. It is a very small business. In 1993, early 1993, there was a management restructure, and I was working afternoons as an employee. But then they decided they needed to streamline the operations quite a bit. So they told me that, look, at what we need to do going forward is to create a program that will put all the music that we're playing into context. You're the guy with a history degree on staff. So what we're going to do is we're going to sever you so we don't have to pay payroll taxes or benefits. Then we're going to hire you back on as an independent contractor. And you're going to do this radio program for us. We are going to call it the ongoing history of new music. I said, that's a dumb name. They said, I don't care. And you're going to do Saturday and Sunday mornings, which was a, a, you know, kind of a kick in the teeth from the afternoon drive show. It was. But I had just bought my first house. I had just been married. And frankly, a guy, the guy that I was back in 1993, didn't have a lot of portable skills. I really didn't have much of a choice but to take them on their offer that I couldn't refuse. I did that for uh, in, in that capacity for about nine months. Then there was a change of heart and they wanted me back to do afternoons on, on the radio station and continue to do this ongoing history program. So as an independent contractor from the fall of 1993 through to January of 2001, I worked as an independent contractor. And there was, like I said, some ambiguity as to whether or not the company actually owned the programs that I was creating. So there was this payout, this agreement, this, this legal deal in 2004 that assigned all rights to the finished product to Chorus Entertainment. Fine. Not a problem. So I continued to work as an employee until 2011, and then I was let go again. But
But now, three years later, uh, they call, call people like me a boomerang employee. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Seriously. People that, that you know, for one reason or another, are downsized or moved out or, or, or cut or, and then end up back with the company that cut them. This is a fairly common thing, especially in, in, in tech and, and, and media industries. And usually you end up coming back being paid a lot more than when you left. Well, we'll, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> Let's just say that... Um, this is a very good deal for me on a lot of levels. And one of the levels on which uh, one of the one of the things that makes it a very good deal is the fact that uh, ongoing history gets resurrected and revived. And starting in September, I get to do more of these these shows. Do you get to own the final product? We're still sort of negotiating on that, but I don't think so. I it, the problem. See, that would be very tough to unwind because there's the trademark. There's the domain. There's this the matter of this deal back in 2004, which assigned all uh, rights and ownership to to the company. It would be very difficult to to do that. However, what I do continue to own is all the materials that go into creating the program. I don't really know what the difference is. Well, there's a big difference because there's the final program, which is 52 minutes of me talking about something, and then there's all the stuff that I needed to acquire to write that 52 minutes. So there's, you know, downloads, there's books, there's magazines, there's, uh, you know, all the intellectual sort of uh, horsepower that went into it. That resides with me. All right. So you get the library so you could apply the library to other shows down the road. Right. I can apply what I've learned, what I've acquired and what I've researched to other things. Which, which frankly, is, is, is the most important thing. If you say so. It is. Trust me. Trust me. Now, I would like to have ownership, um, for example, with this uh, Secret History of Rock thing that I've been doing for the past three years. I own all of that. So I can repurpose that in whichever way I, I see fit. But that was because it was a clean sheet, a fresh contract, and I was able to, to, to get that. Um, here, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more complicated, but eh. Okay, so the big question is, do you get to still do the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth? As a matter of fact, one of the things that I insisted on is that I be able to continue to do all the things that I have been doing over the past three years, save one. What's that? That is my involvement with Indy 88 in, in Toronto. Which makes sense. It's a competitor. It's a competing radio station. Um, I had a two-year contract with them with a one-year out. Uh, the one-year out just happens to be executable right now. So um, it was a very hard decision. Um, but in the long run, you know, I, I spent a quarter of a century with this other place, and I have an opportunity to go back and, and leave a real important imprint on the place, and I get my ongoing history back. Um, so... You know, uh, some soul searching and con consultation with the wife and the dogs. And, and we decided that this was the best thing to do. But everything else, which includes this podcast, which includes working for Songza, which includes working for FlinkFame.com, which includes doing all the voice work that I do and a few other things, uh, that continues. So uh, because I'm not going to I spent the last three years building up this business and I'm, I'm not going to dismantle it. I, I want to keep it going forward. So Chorus Entertainment will become um, another client in, in, in my, 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 my empire. I have to say, though, 
it does throw a bit of a monkey wrench into the top secret works we've been dealing with behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I apologize for that. That's okay. I've already got a day job. That's true. However, Mm -hmm. Chorus Entertainment has talk radio stations, too. Uh, We can't talk about this. Bleep, Bleep that out. Bleep that out. Bleep that out. Just edit, 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 edit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to say, though, I am very pleased that you are returning to CFNY. Are they going to return to calling it CFNY, or is it still going to be the Edigiga? I haven't decided. You haven't decided. What does that mean? <laughs> well, uh, okay. I am going to be there as my capacity will be one as a, a strategist. So you're going to focus on strategery. Strategery. As George Bush would say. <laughs> so there's been there's been a lot of research done. Yes. Uh, some data is coming in. I'm getting excited. Uh, you are? <laughs> I am. I would love to see the radio station that I grew up listening to return to its roots. I, I have to say... I remember listening to you on Afternoon Drive while I was driving to college to get into radio. (laughs) Actually, I was already in radio for two years before I went to college for the damn thing. I tend to put the cart before the horse. But CFNY, the spirit of radio has a unique history in and to itself. Let me ask you this. Were you you were always of you were of course high atop the donut shop, right? Uh, above the donut shop across from the chicken head, yes. Okay. But were you ever in that house, that Victorian era house in Brampton where people would pull up to the window of the dining room on the main floor and honk the horn so that the DJ could open the window and take the request from the car? That was before my time. It was a few years before my time. I arrived on October 3rd, 1986, the same day they had the groundbreaking for the Sky Dome, by the way. Uh, and they were at 83 Kennedy Road South. They were uh, in the strip mall. Again, high atop the donut shop. High atop the donut shop. I love that line. You know, and there was that, that was a really cool mall because at one point there were three, count them, three roti shops. And you could uh, kind of make the, the tour throughout the week. And then there was Danny downstairs who had the, the great fish and chip shop. Poor Danny. And then there was Jai and his Caribbean Chinese restaurant, which had this awesome uh, special fried rice, which uh, was, was fantastic. And Jai, uh, you know, if you were working evenings and you needed something to eat, you called down to Jai. Said, Jai, special fried rice and red stripe. So he, he would deliver it upstairs with, a, you know, the, the bottles of, of Red Stripe clinking in a, in, a, in a brown paper bag. Is renaming it CFNY actually on the table? I don't know. We'll find out. I, I mean, I haven't seen the, the research yet. Uh, the station needs some TLC, and, and we will see where it goes. Again, I, I, as soon as I see the research and as soon as I have some discussions with some people, we'll figure out what's going to go, uh, what's gonna go down. But the idea is to, to, to bring it back to its glory. Well, that's it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and you have the scoop. Or we, or we have the scoop. <laughs> we do. I thought you had given it to Toronto Mike. No, 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 no. I, and his podcast. I was so relieved. No, no. There was a couple of things that had to be done first. You got to do these things in a proper order. I had to make sure that I got my, my official release from, from Indy. That was, by the way, very, very amicable uh, and very, very classy. So there's there's no animosity there. Um, I still have to work out some some details with uh, with chorus, but uh, that's that's well underway. Own one of the craptastic mugs of the world's most popular podcast and support the show. You too can use the power of science to hold liquids, both hot or cold. Visit geeksandbeats.com today. 
Have you seen this article from GNB guest blogger Matt Padani? Robots and how they're on the rise. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, I've been watching the rise of Skynet for a while. <laughs> so what? Do, what do we? Oh. Yeah, check this out. If you find yourself at the Dusseldorf Airport in Germany, you can book um, this automated valet service ahead of time using their smartphone app. And then you pull your car up to the loading dock and this robot, Ray, physically, literally picks up your car, moves it to a designated spot. Yeah, I, I saw this and I was very disappointed by it. Why? Because when they said that they had an automated valet, I pictured some sort of data-like character getting behind the wheel and driving <laughs> off with the car. Turns out that it look, looks like a big dust buster and just basically sweeps up your car and then drops it in a parking spot. He points out that uh, the services cost about $40 per day and you don't have to worry about trying to figure out how much to tip. Well... No, I suppose. And on top of that, if Ray drops your ride, he points out you're not on the hook for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Intel's got this new um, smartphone with legs, basically, called Jimmy, that you can program to do various tasks, installing specific apps. Why, 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 it's $1,500. Why would I want that? Not only is it $1,500, but the body is constructed uh, with a 3D printer. Well, that's cool. Do you have any interest in this 3D printer technology? No, no, hang on. I'm what? just looking at, at, at Jimmy here. Jimmy's head looks like Stewie from Family Guy. It does. And it doesn't actually do anything. And uh, uh, Matt points out that it doesn't have any functional hands, so it's limited to simple tasks like reminding you to pay the bills on time. You've already got someone to do that. That's your wife. It's called Outlook. Oh, and yeah. Okay, so right. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you know, 3D printing is really, really cool. In fact, I... I uh I am not a stockbroker. This is not uh, advice to, to purchase stock. But I do have um, uh, shares in a 3D printing company. Oh, which one? Mm. You don't even know. I don't know. You I don't know. Got a guy that did it. You got a me. guy with the stuff who pressed. It's, it's whatever the, the ticker symbol is DDD. Yes. I, I interviewed the CEO of that company. The, oh. the only issue that I've got with the 3D printer technology is just how incredibly limited it is right now. This, this is not ready for prime time. No, 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 no. It's not. I mean, it's, it's only for certain things. Um, I was at a company called Yorkville Sound up in Pickering. Um, Yorkville Sound is associated with Long McQuaid, and they build a lot of stuff. In fact, they are the suppliers of all the speaker cabinets for all the IMAX theaters around the world. And when I was up there uh, last summer, summer before, last summer, I think, uh, they showed me their new 3D printer. And what they were using it for was to create enclosures for experimental uh, and prototype uh, speakers. And uh, it, it was really, really cool. But, you know, it's, it's in its very, very, very earliest stages. Would you let a robot into your home? Like, I, I suppose I'm not really thinking about the Jetsons kind of robots right now. But do you even have like a Roomba? Uh, you know, I had a Roomba um, and it scared the dog and my wife didn't like it. So uh, it, 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 I used it in the basement to, to clean up all the crap in the basement and the battery's dead. But, but I'm gonna, I want to get a new Roomba because I like the thing. It really worked well. You've got a puppy as well as, as an older dog now. I'll tell you why you don't want a Roomba. Why? If that puppy poops on the floor and the Roomba kicks in while you're off at work or something, that is going to be one massive carpet cleaning bill. Uh, well, no, the puppy is in her cage while I'm away, so that's not going to be a problem. Secondly, the puppy's almost totally house-trained, so... That's not an issue. And third, I'm only going to use the Roomba when I'm around. See, the whole point of Roombas is that you schedule them to kick in while you're not around so you don't have to listen to them. 
but I work out of the house. So I'm almost always around. It explains your pasty white complexion. It, it, it does. It does. Although, this has been a very good summer for working with the laptop in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And that way the dog can take a dump outside and not have to worry about it. I said, girl, what you wanted to be? She said, baby. Lisa Twins and Baby You Can Drive My Car, the cover of the classic Beatles track. You found, meantime, uh, a way to uh, tell the kids to keep it down back there without having to turn around and give them a whack. This actually made NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams on, on Monday. So you know it's important. Yeah, you know it's important. So basically what it is, it's an embedded microphone in this uh, Toyota Sienna minivan that allows you to um, scream at your kids using the audio system that's in the backyard, uh, in the back in the back seat. Um, in in my old, in, in in our day, it was Dad with the freakishly long arms who could somehow manage to to give you a whack if uh, me and my sister were um, you know acting up. What does it say though about the size of the 2015 Sienna that they needed to embed a microphone at the driver's seat so that you could talk to the kids in the back? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's probably a fairly spacious vehicle. Minivan sales, though, are on the decline, and this is in part the reason why they're trying to come up with new ways to get you to buy one of their minivans versus someone else's. Minivan sales peaked in uh, 2000 at about 1.4 million vehicles, and as of 2009, we bottomed at 415,000. Well, minivans are, are, are hugely uncool. Um, nobody really wants to get a minivan. Uh, um, I, I do some some work with an Ottawa Dodge dealer, and 
I, I see the prices of, of, of the minivans that they have, and they're, they're getting lower and lower and lower because they've got all this production and all this inventory, and they got to get rid of these vans. So they're, they're, they're very uncool. Uh, maybe families are getting smaller. Would you ever consider a minivan? Well, first of all, I've only got one kid, and uh, she doesn't... It doesn't matter. I've seen, I've seen the kind of stuff that you haul around with your kid. No, no, no. You've seen the kind of stuff you haul around with an infant. That's a very big difference. As soon as your kid hits a certain age, and this is the neat thing about having kids. Uh, I, I know a lot of people who say, I don't want kids. Are you, are you in that camp by any chance? I'm a little old to have kids now. Well, even so. I'm not, no, I, I, I never had a need to have, have children. I have dogs. I, I have learned that people who say they don't want kids are really saying they don't want infants. If you could give birth to a six-year-old, that might be a whole different story for a lot of it people. It might be. You know, I, I would, uh, okay. But I'll tell you this. If you haven't had a kid, um, or you're thinking about having a kid... You, your life changes, and you know that. Um, and But you get your life back bit by bit. It starts with being able to sleep in in the mornings to not having to have all that crap that you talk about that requires a minivan. So now it's just the three of us. We go off. We do our own thing. Um, the minivan, though, that doesn't appeal to me. We're looking at getting a new car, and, and we're thinking about an RDX. But the weird thing is about cars today is if you want the Bluetooth feature in it, you got to go high end. No. I, I know that. I mean, my wife has a, a CRV, and if you want all the bells and whistles, you got to go for the the highest trim level. Yeah, RDX is the same thing. I mean, say you know, it's an Acura, so you so you're in the same family. Cut the cord and go to geeksandbeats.com anytime. You'll get the latest episode and links to the stories the boys are talking about. Geeksandbeats.com also available on a track and cassette. The need to pee at concerts and festivals. Yeah, this is a, a bit weird. It's always a situation for women uh, who have to line up at the porta potties, and porta potties are always just disgusting. So somebody has come up with something called the um, the stand up, which is basically a funnel, a pink funnel. What? That? Uh, yeah, uh, it was created by this woman named uh, Sarah Grossman, who calls herself Queen P. The uh, stand up is uh, an opportunity. Is is this 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 fold up funnel? that you can put in your purse and uh, instead of, you don't have to sit down. Okay, so what you're saying is that women could then just find uh, the nearest tree. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm going to read a quote here. There's no winning when it comes to squat peeing, which is why I invented the stand-up. I believe women have a hygienic and dignified peeing experience if they so choose and that is it, the dignified experience? Uh, uh, listen. Uh, Please tell me it's it's disposable. You, uh, no. What? It's, no, it's washable and you just, uh, you know, stick it in your purse. Oh, yes. I'm sure that after you've had that dignified peeing experience with the stand-up cone, that you're just going to want to pocket the thing. Given that you and I don't have this issue, I don't think that we're particularly <laughs> qualified. qualified to talk about it. H so. Hang on. I I'm going to get wifey. Hang on for a second. <clears throat> oh dear this has taken a turn that I hadn't expected yeah. did you come here for a minute? Yeah. hang on I got a question for you <sighs> alright 
So instead of having to line up to go pee at a concert, this is called the stand-up. No where... way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. There's nothing dignified about this. Well, there's there's going to be a big push on this at Lollapalooza in Chicago next month. So <laughs> let's see if if it actually works. Will you empty it? Oh, it's just a funnel cone. Yeah, after you're finished using it, you can just fold it up and put it back in your purse. Would you like a pea-laden piece of paper to put back in your purse when you're done with it? Puked on, peed on, and pooed on by our kid. I don't need to pee on myself. There you go. Exactly. Sorry, dude. This does not pass the wifey test. Hey, well, no, listen, I'm not defending anything. I, I'm just saying that this was, <laughs> this, 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 this is going to get a push uh, at some concerts in the U.S. over the next little while. And I just thought I would bring it to everybody's attention. It's, it's a piece of technology that uh, whose time, this woman says, has come. So, um, you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the AV Club, though, has uh, determined with mathematical certainty uh, whether or not you found the cleanest porta potty. Yeah. The okay, if for mathematical certainty, the the cleanest porta potty is the one in the hotel room, the five star hotel room down the street. Yes. Uh, but their solution is based on a statistical concept known as the secretary problem. Look inside thirty seven percent of the available toilets, then try the next toilet that's better than any of the ones that came before. Well, that's kind of like what we do already isn't it i mean you you kind of yeah but the thing is is that if you're in a concert environment you're in a lineup you're not going to be able to choose your porta potty in, 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 yes that's 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 the problem there however if you do if, if there's are, are adequate numbers mm -hmm. of of porta potties at concerts or even bathroom stalls at uh, at an arena or a stadium um, Say there are there are ten of them. You check out three. If you check out the fourth one, and the fourth one is cleaner than the first three, you go with the fourth. Otherwise, you go with the cleanest of those four. See, that's what I do already with stalls. Really? You browse before you? Okay. Damn right. There is no. I mean, if how many shows have you been to? I mean, I do this everywhere. Clearly, I haven't been to that many. No, no, no. If if there, if there's a line of, of six stalls, and all let's just theoretically, all six stalls are available. I'm going to look for the cleanest and least gross one. And as soon as I find that one, boom, that's it. it. It works really well at airports. It'll also work really well at the Foo Fighters crowdsourced concert. Oh, is this the one in Richmond, Virginia? Uh, this is the one uh, as reported uh, by GNB uh, guest blogger Alyssa C. Who are these people? I, 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 have they been to staff meetings? Are, are they on the payroll? Well, in the GNB update, we'll have that conversation too. Oh, all right, fine. But she points out that Crowd Tilt um, has been used uh, for the Foo Fighters agreeing to play a show in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. They haven't been there in 25 years. Yeah, so somebody came up with a, a crowdsourcing thing and, and, and raised enough money and then uh, contacted a local promoter and the local promoter to, uh, contacted the, uh, the booking agent for the Foo Fighters and was like, hey – We'll come. Which brings us to GMB guest blogger Matthew Smith, who uh, writes... Who are these people? We, I'm telling you, dude, while, while you were busy working with CFNY on coming back to the fold, I've been busy beefing up our uh, staffing. Right, yeah, so fine. Matthew Smith's been telling us uh, about how Dave Grohl's been having another busy and productive year. Dave Grohl has, has got ADD. He is always working, and uh, we'll have a new album in November. And what's interesting is that uh, this ties in with an HBO series that basically followed the band across the U.S. where they recorded bits and pieces of this record in various recording studios. Ah, that's an interesting twist. Does that happen very often? Usually you just find yourself sitting in a studio for three straight weeks pounding out an album. Three weeks, six months. 
Really? Uh, no, they they wanted to do something different. So so what they ended up they had they they were rehearsed and 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 they went on the road and they went to uh, I guess it was uh, L A Nashville New Orleans Seattle Washington New York Austin Texas and as they were there they were filming uh, filming the the proceedings and I guess talking a little bit about the studio in which they were working in the city in which they were working which kind of goes along with um, Sound City which is Dave Grohl's um, very good documentary that uh, that came out last year uh, about the Sound City recording studios in Van Nuys California so this is a uh, this is this this he's got the documentary bug and this just kind of uh, follows up on that I'm looking forward to this it's it's a, it's a multiple multiple episode series on HBO that will be available around the time the album comes out. Which brings us to our Geeks and Beats update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. Okay, so who are these people? Uh, we actually have about uh, a half dozen GNB regular guest bloggers who have said, yes, I want to participate in the big show. I want to write for the big show. Uh, some wanting to edit what others have written. I'm really kind of hoping that the more people we throw at this show, the less work you and I have to do. Well, okay, that would be okay. Good. Which brings us to as we wind down season two, working on getting season three up and running and, and getting them up to speed on that, which means that we probably should have some sort of GNB staff meeting slash listener meetup. Uh, yeah, we probably should. Uh, I would have the staff meeting 30 minutes prior to the fan meetup. Sure, why not? Yeah, we should probably do something. Which means we need to have some sort of venue. Yeah. And uh, Nick Waddell of the Cantech Letter had uh, tweeted back uh, in response to our tweet uh, asking, where do you think we ought to have a, a live on location show or a GNB listener meetup? He suggested the Loose Moose in downtown Toronto. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe I can find us a venue. How many people are we talking about? I have no idea. I have no idea how many people actually would want to show up to say hi. And what will we do with this meetup? Um, drink, talk, interact. Talk to people? Yeah, I know this is an unusual concept for you. And I know you're quite shy about these sorts of things. <sighs> yeah. Why the loose moose? I mean, loose moose is fine. I've never been to the loose moose. I know nothing of oh, it. Is he talking about the one on Front Street? I think he is. Is there, not, is there another? I thought there was only one. Uh, I don't know. But you've also got access to this fabulous, you know, VIP members only type club where they do this. Thing. Well, the last time you and I were there, Moby was on the floor above us doing a chat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I can ask. But the problem is, you know, what, what, what if a thousand people descend upon the place? Then we've got a problem. Do we have a thousand listeners? I'm, I'm, I choose to believe yes. <laughs> I choose to believe that we do. <laughs> If you've got a suggestion, send us a tweet. Hey, no, no, no. Better yet. Better yet. Listen. What? If you have a venue <laughs> and you would like us to come and, and, and maybe spend some money at your venue buying uh, buying drinks or having drinks bought for us. Yeah, I like that idea better. Yeah, me too. I, I want to show up with a, with an empty wallet and see if, see what happens. And to go home sober and dry. <laughs> and uh, listen, if it's, in, it's in, if it's in Koreatown and they've got soju, I'm in. Oh man! You have to try some. Don't be such a don't be such a. P try some soju. You know what? You you hand me a bottle of soju and I will drink. Okay, it. deal. I'm gonna go get you one at the LCBO. I'm gonna get you one, and then I'm gonna get you a dirty martini. I think I'll fare better with the dirty martini than you will with the soju. You're probably right, but okay. 
Maybe that's how we kick off season three. Yes. Not live to air, though. Uh, No, probably. I don't think the CRTC would permit it. Oh, that. See, stop it. Now you blew it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, sorry. G&B Mug making an East Coast swing, courtesy of Victor BGO, as the G&B Mug Tour 2014 hashtag gets a workup again. Is he a pilot or something? He seems to be everywhere. He's at St. Mary's University. How does he get around so much? I mean, look at all the places that he's been with our, with our mug. I know. This is really quite amazing. And he has quite a few followers as well. He's officially San Francisco-based. Okay. But uh, he does follow us, uh, and he's been following us for quite some time. He's uh, He was back in Toronto, and he was uh, listening to The Edge 102.1, your uh, future home again home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he tweeted about that as well. Happy to hear uh, the big news that you're headed back uh, to The Edge. Well, that's nice. So uh, if you would like a GNB miracle travel mug of traveling, which keeps cold things cold and hot things hot, using the power of science. Just go to geeksandbeats.com slash swag and you too can buy one or a traditional ceramic one like the one I've got. I tell you, the metal one, and this is not me shilling for anything. Well, I am shilling. But this is the best travel mug that I have ever had in my life. I use it every single day. And it keeps my coffee warm for up to three hours. Not that I have coffee sitting around for three hours that I will drink. But uh, there have been occasions where I've, I've left it on the counter or I've forgotten, been distracted or whatever it is. And I go to empty it three hours later and the coffee is still warm. GNB update uh, courtesy of GNB listener Steve Feek on Star Wars. Now I know you're a Star Trek fan, but aren't you at least curious about how J.J. Abrams is going to treat the Star Wars Episode 7? I suppose we got a glimpse at the new uh, x-wing fighter okay yeah okay you don't even notice this being a, a star trek nerd i know i saw it but it's blue what the hell it's got a blue stripe they all had orange and red stripes <laughs> this is totally unacceptable <laughs> that was my bad comic book guy voice oh i've wasted my life Yes. <laughs> I've wasted my life thinking about the colors of X-Wing fighters compared to what they really should be. Worst X-Wing ever. <laughs> Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.